This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. And welcome to this week's episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And this week we've got a lovely guest with us. So I think we're actually quite privileged that you've managed to escape PlayStations, babies, toddlers and throwing <laughs> stuff at you for five minutes to come and talk to us. Uh, so we've got the lovely Ella Hardy with us. So I'm just going to hand straight over to you, Ella. Uh, you can tell us how how you are, not who you are. <laughs> I can tell you how, how I am. Yeah, I'm how you are. You're all pleased to know that I am okay. <laughs> I am okay. Right. I am surviving the first week of summer holidays by two days and I'm still alive. So we're all good. So I am Ella Hardy. I am a land and planning specialist. Um, I'm also the company director of Land Profit. So I'm here to share all about land planning and getting a good conversation about property. Um, I take it that's exactly why you're listening. So that's what I'm here to do. <laughs> yeah, I want to know about the human side of that stuff, because that's probably an angle that we've not shared before. The human yeah. side of land. Yeah. The human side of land. Yeah. You know what? And it is really human. I tell you now, I've had some great dinners. I've had some lovely wines over lots of land deals and yeah I've got some lovely stories of you know and, and I've met some really lovely people along the way I've been a land buyer for 10 years I've um I worked for a small development company um mainly looking at small direct vendor land opportunities um they're all residential land opportunities so when I'm talking to these people they usually have their existing um, residential home on this piece of land um, so I'm going into their home to talk to them about selling a part of their garden usually so okay. that's why that's why I do um, I've also worked for some of the bigger uh, bigger developers like Bovis and Linden Homes and that's when I wouldn't be meeting anybody stood in a massive field um normally just a ecologist or a snake or a badger if I was lucky to see one but um the, the smaller stuff and what I do now is the infill developments which are um like I said residential homes where we're purchasing part um of, of people's gardens um or maybe knocking down the garage and creating another property there um, or knocking down their own home and creating multiple units. Oh, right. So there is a lot of human behind it. Um, usually I'm dealing with the older generation. Um, that usually it's quite maybe a bit of a sad reason of why they want to sell. Usually they've, you know, lost their loved one and they're wanting to downsize and they're wanting to leave, you know, as much money of, of to their estate as they can to their loved ones. Um, that's usually the case. Or I just meet some really cool people that feed me lots of wine, which is again brilliant and lovely. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been you need a, that, you need um... assistant with that. So, I mean, I'm <laughs> yeah. quite. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair I think I've been okay handling it by myself I mean Funny. there's definitely yeah. been some nights where I don't think I've handled it as well as I should have but I've definitely walked out I've never crawled out <laughs> it's been okay what you're basically saying is, is that grand grandmothers and grandfathers love you yeah, and I love them. Do you know what? I I have such a big heart for the older generation. And I will sit 
down and I will talk to you for hours on end, you know, especially if I know someone's sat We don't have hours, by the way. We need, we need to be a little bit <laughs> succinct. <laughs> yeah, I will happily sit there and talk to them for ages, oh. look through their photographs. I will happily do that. And it is so sweet. You know, a lot of them are lonely. So I'm quite happy to spend a couple of hours there chatting to them about their life. So it is very human in land. You are, you're building relationships with uh, with those people and, and giving them the time of day that they're they're looking for and then giving the result. And then sounds like they're probably going to sell to you because they like you. And this is one of the biggest things, because I do teach a strategy, but it is one of the biggest things that I say to, to, to people that are learning about land and, and especially any property deal, rapport is the biggest thing that you need people buy from people and every strategy is competitive so there's always two or three other people that are going to be trying to get that landlord or trying to get that deal so you need to make sure that you're the most you know you're not going to get on with everyone but at least try and get to know them you know get to know their situation get to know the reasons of why they're wanting to sell and yeah try and relate to them and spend some time with them um that was what I was taught by my first ever boss when I was working in land you know he gave me a company credit card and it had a bit of money on it that's for sure and I said if you want to get something over the line you know take them out take them for dinner go chat to them and get to know them because you know it's it's really going to make the deal you know so I do agree with them so do, do the people so let's just say it's a, an elderly person do, do you approach them or do they know to approach you how does it work so we do direct to vendor campaigns, okay. um, which we, you know, when I first started, we'll go, we'll go back. Let's go back 10 years. We'll go back technology. Okay. Um, so when I first started, I would use a very simple um, software called ProMap. Um, which would give you title boundary lines and you use your planning policy map, which is free from your local council to show you conservation areas and uh, floodplain areas and bits and pieces like that. So you can navigate where the best areas would be. Um, and yeah, we would just send letters to the titles that we could see had potentials. Fast forward to now, you've got all of these amazing softwares that a lot of people have heard of Nimbus, Searchland, Land Insight, all of those that make the job a little bit easier for you. Um, they all come with measuring tools that you can just measure up and you can just see if it's a potential. And then you you send out letters. I, I aim to send about 50 per week. From that, from 200 per month, I'll deal with about five or six opportunities. Um, so always out meeting people on site um, and yeah, invited into people's homes. So it's, it's, it's very good. Wow. Love it. Gosh. And where, where are you based? I'm in Hampshire. Hampshire? Say, yeah, I'd say sunny Hampshire, but today it's very cloudy. Mm. <laughs> yes nice. normally sunny Hampshire yeah <laughs> normally sunny Hampshire but it's it's not no it's not I'm about I'm in the border I'm like I'm 20 minutes away from Reading mm. so if you're and talking you proper you operate in that, that that kind of region I've always been Berkshire Buckinghamshire Surrey um and Hampshire okay so mm. I used to work in Windsor and Maidenhead so that's where I first started uh, which any property person would know you've now got the Elizabeth line which makes it very very expensive to live in Maidenhead um, and Windsor because um, the transport links are fantastic but yeah I've worked in some really expensive places and with lots of you know, big properties and found out a lot of reasons to why people you know want to sell you'd think you know 
I've pulled up to some of the beautiful two million pound houses. You think this guy's never going to sell off part of his garden. He's got loads of money. You know, Range Rover sat on the drive, gorgeous house. But it's not until you get to know the people that actually they really do need the money and yeah. every person is different and it's best not to to go in there with a yeah. misconception that they no they don't need the money they'll never sell because you don't know everybody's personal background yeah. um yeah. it's kind of like the the millionaire next door you can never assume that the yeah. person who's driving the the flash car or has the nice big house they're not necessarily the people that have loads of money in the bank because it's all sat on their driveway you know? yeah exactly <laughs> And the thing is, yeah, it gets even worse with social media now. You know, with social yeah. media, everyone is trying to perceive that they're something that they're not. Yeah. I I was never, I, I wasn't even on social media. I I didn't even have Facebook or Instagram until I started my own property business. It's like a completely new thing to me. And to look at lots of females and the beauty standards and the everything that goes behind it I think oh god I've got a little girl this is a nightmare absolutely nightmare yeah yeah it's terrifying we talk about it a lot on the podcast because it comes up so much especially in our industry where everyone's we always say it waving their willy around proving that they've got the biggest (laughs) portfolio or they've got the flashiest car as a result of financial freedom and beyond and you know showing like uh screenshots of their bank accounts and like you're like come on man like (laughs) But in, in your industry, it's really interesting because I suppose you must deal with a lot of people who are asset rich but cash poor, right? Like that must yeah. be a, yeah, yeah. Sense. yeah, yeah, a lot of people asset rich, cash poor, a lot, mm. you know, yeah. and at times, so have I. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, yeah, so have I. Yeah. I've been stuck with three or four deals, and everyone's like, right, we're booking this holiday, and I'm thinking, yeah, how the am I gonna pay for this because I can't I've got no money yeah. everything so I've paid for my planning consultant three times my architects four times I'm out you know yeah. and me and Phil have been there um lucky enough before we had children you know we've lost loads of money uh, god well my partner Phil has lost 250 grand in a development deal a yeah. land and development deal yeah. and yeah that really put us on our ass that's for sure so yeah, a lot of a lot of money yeah. <laughs> so yeah we we had a beautiful development that was going on in London that we decided to invest in and it was an awful investment oh shame it happens mm. though right massive block of flats massive block yeah. of flats and everything that and that's why I think you know everything that I've gone through that we've gone through together we you know working being an employee and then you know investing ourselves all the rights and wrongs it's just you know I try and take all of that information and try and share it and especially when I get a lot of people come to me with like oh you know send me a Facebook or Instagram or email saying you know I've got this block of flats and you know it's going to be an amazing investment opportunity it's in the city center of this place it's absolutely amazing and ever since then I've always been put off flats and it is is a bit of a personal thing but also if you look at the current market ever since COVID we were all stuck in our homes. Everybody that was stuck in a home in a flat was like, I need to get out of this flat. We had no outdoor space. So they, everyone was like, right, as soon as we're out of COVID, let's save up that extra 30, 40 grand that we need for a deposit and let's get out of it. Because then after COVID, I was working for Vistry at the time, which is Bovis Homes. Our sales rates were crazy how much they dropped on flats yeah. because nobody wanted them anymore. Yeah. And we were stuck with all of these flats that we had built 
and we couldn't sell them. We could not ship them. We had to sell some on to uh, housing associations, um, which again, they also give you a target. You can't just give them, you know, what they, they, they have a target of how many one bedrooms, how many two bedrooms, how many three bedrooms, four bedrooms they need from this development. And we're just like trying to give them extra one, but you sure you don't want this two bed flat? It's, like, it's absolutely <laughs> lovely. <laughs> you buy one, get it. one free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the sales rates were just dropping. And even now I still look at flats. There's Reading, Reading's nearby me. And it's a great investment opportunity for, for people to invest there because it's very close to London. However, most of the PD rights that they've gone through to change these offices into flats and they've got planning for, 50% of those have not been built. Wow. The amount of flats that they've got planning for but haven't built them is incredible. Wow. It's because everyone that's invested in thinking, I'm not building these flats. If I build all of these flats, I'm going to get stuck with all these flats. I'm going to stuck with the development finance that I'm not going to be able to pay back because they're not selling. Um, so, yeah, I've really gone off on this one. But, <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's don't thing, invest in flats. <laughs> Don't invest in flats. That could be the title of your episode. Don't invest in flats. Well, I'm writing it down, don't worry. <laughs> no, but Do I not invest in flats. When you look at the stats, you know, of like what actually happened to different housing types over COVID, it's like, you know, detached house purchasing went up and mm. more kind of middle of the road terraced and sort of semi-detached housing, say stagnant. And then you had like flats, which you're right, totally fell, right? Like it yeah. just... Uh, but I wonder if it I is flipping. It is. It I'm is flipping. Say, right, wait, right, it's right now. Yeah. Right, right, right now, if you look at the stats, it's the larger properties which are sticking because yeah. of the mortgages, and then mm. one and two bed properties are actually Good. the what the more resilient ones right now in terms yeah. of demand, because 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 the, the the market's changed again. It's no longer about what we want. It's more like actually what can what I actually afford? Right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I agree. I still think, in my like, in my opinion, that price range from a two bed flat to a two bed house is so close. Mm. That I still think a majority of people would say, "Come on, we could save up this extra ten, you know, fifteen thousand pound in the next six months, and we can have a house instead of being stuck in a flat." So I do still stick with that. But I can see it is at the moment it is really hard for people, especially first time buyers. You oh, know, yeah, and people. It? People will forget what it was like being back in COVID as well. Yeah. That'll be a yeah. long gone memory. And they're like, oh, yeah. I can yeah. afford a two bed flat. I'll have that one. I'm going to go. I'm going to move into that flat now. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> I'll take the flat. Room. Yeah. I'll take the flat and I'll get rid of my mum because she'd do my head in. That's what makes people think of. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Or actually, do, do what a lot of our tenants do and move into our HMOs. <laughs> yeah. 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 HMOs. Yeah. It's going to fill yeah. that gap. Yeah. we've done um we so my i said we the, the royal we um my partner did a lot of essays and we really liked those and i did really like them and i do think they're an amazing cash flow i'm still stick by those hmos i do i i like i just feel like they're a lot of work to manage. am i right i don't do the work so it's fine <laughs> do you get them managed oh god yeah yeah Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I come in. Because <laughs> we are in so the closest investment time. Basis Oak would be a good town to do that because it is a business town. So it's it's busier Monday to Friday. Um and then, then it is the, the weekends. But Reading nearby is an article four area. Reading's difficult. Yeah, we've had a few Maybe. clients look at Reading and, and, and just gone, actually, there are easier fish to fry than Reading. Yeah, so I think Basingstoke's a bit better, but Reading, yeah, I, I think 
and that's quite hard but again it's just got amazing transport links and the prices are really good um, yeah i think reading got a, was very popular for a period of time and everybody started investing there and the council like uh oh we need to yeah. try and control this somehow mm -hmm. yeah no you know i can see why it's still a great town great shopping Good shopping, yeah, totally, yeah. Good shopping. I don't Good. think I've, I've only been to view a property in Reading once. I've never actually been in Reading itself. Next time you go, uh, let me know, and I'll tell you the best places to get a cocktail, get food. You let me know, and I'll tell you where to go. <laughs> I love it. Sounds like a plan. Have, you, have, you, have you met Noah before? <laughs> I Sounds like you guys have known each other for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I've trialed and tested most alcoholic beverages in Reading, I think, throughout fact, my time. <laughs> the fact that he wanted to be your assistant based on what you were saying, the social element was of your, of your work, tells you all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm partial to a good glass of wine, that's for no, sure. It was nice working nice. with you, Matt. I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Manage your own I'm HMOs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, um, so is land profits this company? Is it yourself and you say your partner Phil? Is that the two of you together or is land profits your thing? No, it's both of us. He is my life partner in everything. Aww. You know, 24-7. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, feel, I, feel, I feel a little bit of sarcasm there. I wasn't <laughs> sure whether Just a snitch. Just a snitch. <laughs> the GNA children, business. We go to the gym mm -hmm. together. We're just, you know. 24 7 it's lovely for anybody wanting to get in property with their partner um yes we run it together i am the mentors that i like i deal with all my students all the time and we so kind of our business model as such and i'm really open with this is that i run a mentorship program however it would obviously people pay to get into our mentorship program but what we do is we actually invest it back into sites because that was the whole reason why i wanted to start it is because i'd been in my hatch for so many years I wanted to expand and be able to go into other patches. However, I can't travel four hours every day to go look at a site. And there's obviously the JV investment part to my business where I now provide the investment for planning and then I can JV and work on deals across the UK. So that's really what we do. So your uh, mentees are bringing you the deals that then you go and do? So we JV on them. So I provide the initial investment. So I provide the planning so the architect's fees, planning consultant's fees, mm -hmm. which we have all in-house, um, any legal fees. Um, and then what we do is we get planning on the site and we sell it on to developers, make the planning uplift because that's what we specialise in and we split the profit. Nice. Nice. So it's like the whole business model is, is that they invest in us and then we invest back. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's, we've got a lot on at the moment. And, you know, running your own business is a uh, hard work for sure you know it, re it really is I'm, I'm a land buyer and I've always been in property I was an estate agent and I am a land buyer I'm not marketing I'm not accounts I'm not all of this but you have to be you know especially to do with the marketing side of things I'm <clears throat> tell me anything about a site or any you know constraint and I'm planning policy I can talk for hours anything to do with marketing I'm like I do not know what I'm doing here you know I didn't even have social media before <laughs> it's very here we are now but yeah well, that's the thing is you, you probably don't you've never needed social media if you're just sending letters to you know to, to, to grandmothers and then having nice dinners and cups of tea then at no point do you need to put a post on Instagram um, unless 
you're now you're looking to attract people to help you to grow your business which is obviously that the, the mentee um put in and i love that way yeah you, basically they're paying for their own site but they're not and and then they're getting the profit so actually it's it's a bit of a no-brainer for someone going i'm gonna I'm going to pay the planning fees or the architect fees, but actually I'm going to get someone to do it who's already done it for me. And then I'm going to take 50% of the profit. So why wouldn't I do that? Yeah. It's a way that, that we've mitigated the risk because, you know, we've lost, like I've said in this podcast, I, I, we've lost money before and we know how easy it is to lose money, especially if you haven't got experience. I had, at that point of losing all that money, six years experience in land developments. Mm. You know, I had a lot of experience and I still lost and that's because it was too big for me I didn't have enough experience with the with the big boys really that's why I went and worked for them after because I was like I need to know about this stuff because I don't know what I'm doing clearly so I I think with them working with us we work with them on a hand-holding basis I do one-to-one calls and you know they send me over sites I review it I call them let them know right this is what you've got to do next this is what you've got to ask on site please check these trees look at this look at that and it's just a way that we could just hold their hand during the process and then we both win at the end from it um I I'm not yes I'm in the education part of property but I want to be in land uh, you know that's just part of the whole umbrella i suppose I, I don't want to be in education i want to be in land <laughs> well, then you're practicing what you preach as well do you know what I mean? yeah 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 so, and then it's amazing you know i've got a couple of students that are working on some sites i got ian smith he um, also does a lot of other property strategies however he'd never never done land before um he joined in april within six weeks had secured a deal made an offer which was incredible and we've just we're just signing the option agreement this week for his first deal Aww. um it's got a profit of over 130k in it and it's it's incredible that within six weeks of working and going through the the training he was able to do that and you know we're working on that opportunity together and i'm guiding him through it and then we'll just do a profit split at the end nice and do you prefer working with people that have experience in the property industry before they come to you or does that not really matter i don't really have a preference i've got really a range a, a, a range of students like i have students that are already developers so but they just they're building but they just struggle with the direct to vendor deals and struggling to find the right deals um, and get them over the line because they'll usually use agents or and pay a massive fee or they'll buy with planning which is that mean that they're cutting their profits mm. so if you purchase without planning and put it through yourself you'll make a lot higher profits so it's just it's a range and I don't really I don't really care if I'm being honest as long as you're nice to deal with and you're nice to work with I don't mind yeah. um but yeah I have a, I have a range and I've never really I've never not worked with anybody as yet that I think, oh, you're a dick. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't yet. Um, but every, you know, there's so many different personalities out there, and I'm sure that people at times probably find me a dick, but I haven't found anybody to be annoying yet. That's good. So on that I feel note, like, yeah, <laughs> we have to ask her say, like, um, we're quite deep into chat. You've probably answered it, to be fair. But you know, like, if you were to summarise, what what does the human side of property actually mean to you, Ella? I mean, we asked that pretty much on the, the, the beginning, on the first question. But the I wanted, like, question, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, what's how would you summarise it? Because we sort of obviously went off into like older people and like the the social side of it. But what's the essence as far as your concern? I do that. I think the human side of it is watching this journey from you know that letter sending for them to initial call calling you saying yeah 
yeah, I'm sort of interested. You go around there, you meet them, you sit down with them, you get to know their their children and you know their husband's story or their your, your, the wife's story and you just sit down and you get to know them yeah. I think that is really the human side to it and then seeing the whole part of the journey then go through planning and then you complete on the option agreement and they, they get their money and they go off to do whatever they wanted to do if that was a cruise I had this lovely older couple um in um Chalfont St Peter beautiful part of uh, the world um little bungalow and they had a tiny side plot next door and the guy it was the quickest deal I've ever done I sent them sent them a letter they called me back two days after and invited me around the next day so literally within a week of sending it I was already there um I sat down with them and they were like look I'm sick of cutting that grass <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> and he just looked at he generally looked at me like it was driving him nuts they were both retired and you could tell they were probably doing each other's head in and what he really wanted to say to me was my wife is telling me to cut it every week and it's doing my head in that's what I felt like he was trying to tell me and they were like look we just want the money to go on a few cruises they said we're retired and we're a little bit bored and I was like okay let's see what we can do for you and you know I made them an offer and I said would this be able you'd be able to do something fun with this they were like perfect they'd actually once we'd signed the option it was signed within like three weeks which is really really quick and normally takes about six I mean half the time they signed it went through and you know I saw I saw them be able to get their money and they're like right we've booked our cruise we're off to the Caribbean see you later (laughs) have a lovely time you know and I think all of those small parts where you think you see what they want to do and you get to see the end goal of you know of how that they really wanted to change their life that little bit because it's a lot of money And they, and they came back and then there were uh, 10 houses next to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A huge village. Yeah, so, yeah. What have we done? Unfortunately, <laughs> they, they only had the room for one. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. No, brilliant. <laughs> so um, we, we ask all of our guests yeah, they... to come, come prepared with a question for us. So um, obviously you're more than prepared with the question for us. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah. Let... Uh, let me have a think about this one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, over to you. Anything. Okay. Anything. Should, we, should we stick with the HMO? Should we stick with the HMO? Oh, God, yeah. no. Can I tell, like, a, can I ask, like, a, a story? Or it doesn't have to be a question. Ask a story. Oh, Ooh, that's story. a new one. What is the most human deal and, like, the nicest satisfaction you've got from a HMO deal? Tell me all about mm. it. Where you've seen like maybe like a change of life or something like that. Give uh, me a sub story. I want to cry. <laughs> a sub story HMO deal. Uh, I mean, there've been there've been random coincidences. So, so there's um, one deal that we did in Warrington where um, it was opposite one of our existing HMOs and. The, our project manager who'd been working on that one told us that this one was on the market. Would we be interested? Do you want to arrange a viewing? He said, yeah, you go do a viewing. See, uh, and then he, he viewed it, chatted to the owner. And um, the guy, the project manager said, yeah, I'm working on a project over the road and my clients are interested in maybe buying some more on this road. And the guy said, well, I know the guys that are doing the one over the road. And it turned out that this guy was friends with my mum because my mum was um, 
like a vicar for half of the half of Warrington and he was a vicar for the other half of Warrington um and his wife had just passed away and he needed the money to go and and um do to, to, to go I don't know what he was doing just moving essentially out of the property he didn't really care what we did with it he just wanted to get best value but you know I rang my mum and said can you send him a message can you just say <laughs> so we're going to be putting an offer in and that it's that it's no it's you but it's not me because mum wasn't involved in this one it was me and Niall so but I went to so we, we put we put um an offer in which was like one thousand eight eight five hundred one thousand five hundred sixty two pounds over asking right um just you know random offers you know random numbers yeah, offers. <laughs> yeah. so we put in the, the the random offer um accepted it straight away going okay i'm really, really interested to see what you're going to do to the property and and um how you're going to make it make it nice again but yeah he wanted out of the house because it reminded him of his of his late wife who died yeah. of, died of um cancer because he because she was sick at the same time as my mum, who survived her cancer. So Aww. the whole, yeah, it's all a bit random. Um, yeah, connecting. A, yeah, really quite connecting. And um, it is a very good performing eight bed HMO now. Oh, wow. Great. How many HMOs do you guys have? It's not about the number, it's about what it's they can them. do for you. Are <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, the classic, the safe answer? <laughs> um do you have yeah, five yeah. Years? is it something that you enjoy doing hmos you know what yeah, is, yeah, yeah. We, what yeah, is we, the yeah. part that you enjoy doing yeah we love doing hmos i think we're, we're kind of well over 100 rooms now um oh. and we work with others in building their portfolios in the same way as you do with your with land buyers we work with hmo investors or aspiring hmo investors mm-hmm. um so now what do we love about it what do we love about it well i think uh for me it's it is the people element so it's the sourcing of it the viewings getting to know the people um we've 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 built or we've got a lot of deals through through agents um Mm -hmm. um which because because of what we do with the properties because we add so much value to them um by converting a three-bed house into a seven or eight bed hmo that we can still buy them at the asking price on through an agent and make it work Mm. um obviously it was a bit more difficult uh just uh around lockdown or after lockdown um, where prices just went crazy, um, but they're settling down and we're able to get back on it again. Um, but yeah, meeting people, making those connections. We, we did buy, we've got twins, twin HMOs. And the first one was a probate sale. Um, so the, the vendor's mum had passed away. Um, and we weren't, I don't think we were the highest bidder, but we were the preferred bidder on that one. Mm. Um, so we secured the deal basically by building that relationship with mm-hmm. the vendor on site. And because we'd, we'd bought it from him, the guys next door decided they wanted to sell. Um, so again, they got to know us through the next door neighbor and we managed to secure both of them with about, oh, wow. about two to three months apart. Um, so it's those, those relationships and building um, meeting people, getting out there, getting on the ground um, is what I enjoy most. Um, even at the minute, like I'm, as we said earlier on, um, we recently set up a, a management company um, because initially we weren't managing our own HMOs. And um, actually, again, dealing with the people, managing the tenants, although I'm, a lot of it now is systemized, so I don't actually physically see them or speak to them uh, directly but through messaging through the systems that we use, um, just making sure that everybody's happy 
you know that they mm. have got a, 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 a buy to let in Burnley where uh, we've got a very very house proud tenant and a maintenance guy went around to fix something but broke something else and now she's more worried about the thing that just broke uh, <laughs> because it's visible um, right. there were some holes behind the countertops that she wanted filled in but when the maintenance guy went in he broke the countertop and now <laughs> she is up in arms because she needs her countertop fixed again <laughs> sounds like so, when I got I was having my flooring done um I was really pregnant at this time with my first child as well so it was hormonal as hell Preach. and yeah <laughs> how far have you got to go Oh, I'm due 15th of September, so it feels like tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm 13th of September. That's my birthday. Completely irrelevant, but there we go. <laughs> I was having my flooring done and the guy came round and he was doing something to the floorboards and all of a sudden I heard shit. And I was like, shit, that's not good. Went upstairs and there was water flying everywhere. He oh. cut through a pipe uh. and had flooded you know my bathroom and I was coming potentially coming just about to come through the ceiling really and I was like can we stop it please <laughs> so yeah no, I know how that feels <laughs> yeah but yeah just keep keeping people happy <laughs> random question how many people because it's always been my mind about HMAs have you ever found like a lot of people within one room yes oh my god yes <laughs> yes so you you were asking like what is it you, you love about yeah. HMOs right and um I mean there's the financial side of it I don't think anyone's gonna you know quip over that you know yeah way nicer yeah. way nicer than you, you standard by to let's but um <laughs> for me it's one of the reasons I love HMOs certainly in the student market which is where I'm at the stories like <laughs> Honestly, the shit that goes on in your houses like I mean my letting agents always ringing me with like some next drama that's happened <laughs> you know like these 20 somethings are just kind of figuring life out under one roof and yeah it's fantastic but um yeah uh, regular listeners of the podcast may remember when my letting agent Harry Conti came on and he told the story of the orgy that happened in one of my rooms so <laughs> Why? Yeah, so they, yeah, completely well. So um, what had happened was they'd scheduled a viewing because they were looking to get the next intake, next academic year's intake sort of booked up and AST signed, you know, a few months ahead of time. And uh, they had given 24 hours notice. So, you know, everyone was aware. And then in they came and uh, my letting agent knocked on the door with a group of students who were looking to move in. And the guy answered the door whose bedroom it was and then one girl came out <laughs> another girl came out and in total six girls left this boy's bed <laughs> he was having a wild time six girls is wild I mean that's a lot for a man to call a boy. Well, you're you're yeah. assuming that you're assuming that all of the girls were there for the man. That's very, very true. That's I think they were all there wrong. for each other. Yeah, yeah I think I they think, all had a really good time. Yeah, I think they all had a lot of interest in each other. Yeah, studying. Yeah. They were studying. Yeah, they were study buddies. A study group. <laughs> oh my god, this is human anatomy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my. God god yeah oh, i do love it <laughs> so um sh shall we 
um, play a little game of episode roulette. I am ready. Yeah, sorry, ready. I, had to disappear. I had to disappear off in the middle of that because my doorbell went and some cat food got delivered. I mean, I'm living the high life, people. I mean, wow. Right. OK, so um, for those of you who have never listened to Property Jam before and this is your first rodeo, what we do is we ask our guests uh, once I've started scrolling through previous episodes to say stop and whatever episode I land on our guest has to share their human perspective on the topic that was covered on that episode. So Ella, when you're ready, I'm scrolling away. So say stop at your leisure. So I enjoyed that. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, this is really interesting. I've stopped on this one actually, because it's talking about deal packaging. So right, okay. Yeah, we had um we had a guest on and we were talking, or maybe it's just us actually, I can't actually remember this one, but we've put deal packages, the partially blind leading the blind. So I think what we were meant by that was like, there's a lot of people who claim to be deal packages mm-hmm, out mm-hmm, there, which mm-hmm. you must see in land all the time, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. What's what's your human perspective on that? All of the thousands of messages that I get that they've got an amazing land deal. And it's absolutely can do nothing with it. Um, <laughs> um, the human side to it, though, the human annoying side, or yeah. just like yeah, All okay, yeah, it is very annoying. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, because, only because I feel like I'm not gonna call out names, but there was somebody I saw one on Facebook the other day, and it really, really irked me and a lot of other people because there was like 150 comments it really annoyed a lot of people and it was somebody that was trying to sell this piece of land for 850 grand and this piece of land was never going to get planning ever I quickly had a look at it I looked at the planning policies behind it and this guy was trying to sell this deal and he clearly had nothing to do with the deal he was just a source he was just trying to sell the deal deal on nearby had got planning somewhere however this particular bit of land was never going to get planned and he's going on to arguing his point to so many people that it's what everyone's like it's not worth 850 grand it was for one acre it was one acre of land for 850 grand yeah it was never in Cambridgeshire and I was like it is never firstly worth that amount of money and two ever gonna get planning but this guy was so persistent but he really didn't know absolutely anything of what he was talking about you know I had to put a comment on there saying look I'm a land specialist I know I know a lot about planning policies I can assure you it's not going to get planning you know just because down the road got planning doesn't mean that this one is going to get yes it it sets precedence but it's not going to get planning this particular one Uh, it was completely outside the settlement it was even in Greenbelt land Never oh gonna, God. Yeah, never going to get it. But he was so persistent and I was, it just really frustrated me because there was people commenting on this post like, I'm interested. And I just think you're going to sell this on to someone for a ridiculously high price. Take your profit. You don't give a shit the fact that it's actually not what you're saying it actually yeah. is. They're never yeah. going to be able to build on it. And you've literally just sold this to people. Think uh, you've sold a dream. How yeah. how how are you happy with that? Just because you've made what like fourteen grand or like fifteen grand? It's fuck all. Why why yeah. why are you so you know pushy to sell it? And he posted it. I see it in about five or six different groups in the end. And I was like, this is just poor people. The people are actually interested in it. Um, but yeah, I do find that annoying. I'm going to say. Yeah. Oh, preach. Those, I hear you really 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 annoying because especially when it comes to land they send them to me all the time and 
it just ruins it for people with like potential. I'm going to be completely honest. It ruins it for people that have actually got potential land deals because I get so many sent to me that half the time I don't even read them anymore because I just think you're just going to waste my time. Like I've got too yeah. much on with yeah, actual yeah. deals to look at your your ones that aren't ever going to work. I can right. completely relate to that. We, I don't know what it's like for you on on especially on LinkedIn on social media. Mm-hmm. You get constant messages from um, uh, sourcing agents that have got the best deals in the market. Um, but I, I get so many that just switch off now. Yeah, and I just I just switch off for them. I don't even look at them anymore. And it, I do feel, you know, bad for the people that actually you do have potential deals because I'm really sorry if anyone has ever sent me a message with an actual deal and I've not responded to you. This is exactly why, because I really do not. I get so many that I just, yeah, I just switch it's off. It's boring for everyone else. Yeah, and it's, yeah. That, I just find that really frustrating. But that comes down back down to building those relationships. So if someone that takes the time to get to know you, build that relationship that when their email comes through, you'll pick it up and you won't ignore it. Agree. And I think it does, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, flag off some of the biggest industry leaders, especially in the education game. But this is what happens when they sell some little bit of information. They sell a dream. Yeah, they do. People sell a dream. All of a sudden, they're, they're king, king, bees knees. <laughs> yeah. But I've seen people cry on stage selling this dream. Oh, God. Gotcha. I've and seen, yeah. That. They're selling it to what I would say vulnerable mm. demographics. So they're selling them often to under 25 year olds, right? Mm-hmm. Often boys, because that's that, you know, because it's often, you know, that male figure who's like, you know, you want to be a millionaire, you want to have the stuff, you look at my millionaire. Ferrari outside. It can Ferrari. be you. Yeah. I am where you are. <laughs> You know yeah. what? Um, random thing today because uh, we have an office where I live in on in Sussex in Worthing, and uh, randomly we had a walk-in. We don't get walk-ins, you know. Messages on Instagram and said, "I want to chat to you about mentoring." And um, can I yeah, can we can we chat to you? I was like, uh, "Yeah, okay." And um, so we sent a call booking link to chat to our sales guy, and um, he said, "No, can I can I come in and talk to you?" And I was like, um, yeah sure. <laughs> um yeah okay fine uh, Wait, so, tidy so, up tidy up well that, that was it I, I, know, I went put my head around the door to, to, to our ops manager and said we've got we've got a potential client coming to the office in, in an hour we just like put the gin away uh, everything away tidy up tidy up tidy up there's a jugs of water make sure we can make teas and coffees properly all of that uh, and uh, we, were, we were like pra- practicing what was going to happen so, so it was like um so you can meet him in the corridor so he doesn't get lost. Okay, yeah, yeah. Offer him a tea and coffee and you sit him in the waiting room. They come and get me, you know, all of this. Um, and then, yeah, then the guy turned up and the, basically the first thing he said was, yeah, I've, I've, um, I went to um, one of these events in London with you know, a couple of hundred people. They're all jumping and screaming. It turned out to be a little bit more like a party and a rave. And it just seemed like, a, you know, I, I left. Yeah. And I saw your stuff and then I thought, yeah, okay, he's someone I need to speak to. And then he messaged us today and didn't realise we were in Worthing. And then it was just like, oh, okay. Oh, I'm and here too. This, and he's got this like four, massive four-bedroom house he wants to turn into an HMO just down the road from here. Oh, brilliant. Be, be an awesome day. My so. nan was from Worthing. Well, my nan moved to Worthing. But, yeah, so did uh, mine. Followed me here. Yeah, oh, your nan oh, followed yeah. you there. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I, I, I went to Worthing quite a bit as a kid when she, she was there. Changed the lot. Heart on a beach. Heart on a beach. Yeah, they did. Is that what it's called? What are they called? Hang on, wait for it, wait for it. They're called beach huts. (laughs) 
that's it they're a beach hunts. wow that's that's <laughs> changed you're right it's changed massively like they're still they're still the same and they still have to be painted every year so they look exactly <laughs> the same and they have to be the same color you know if you look at yeah your responsibility as a beach hut owner in some of <laughs> hove you know it's actually quite high uh, okay these things these things transact for like 50 60 70 thousand pounds it's ridiculous i want to know have you ever been to the club in worthing and what was it like which one <laughs> which one there's multiple clubs in worthing <laughs> well, these, well it depends what you're calling it and where it is you've got the bingo club you've got <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, bowls the bowling club, club. <laughs> yeah <laughs> There is a private members club. Actually, they're opening like a proper members um, club in, you know, a bit like a Soho house type thing in the centre of Worthing. It's just been announced this week. Oh. It looks pretty cool. Well, I, I, I hate, hate to bring lot. this off Worthing. I hate to. But I, feel, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like we, we should, should probably try get well at least one just quick fire, just quick fire. Quick fire. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Say so stop when you're ready, Ella. Oh, another one. Okay. Uh, one more. Stop. Okay. Not that so, one. Not that one. No, yeah, I feel like yeah. that's <laughs> Stop. Okay. Because you know what? Sometimes okay. it's the title of an episode and you're like, who the fuck? What does that mean? We talk yeah. about? yeah. So I've just found one that looks like we can talk about it. Um, so episode one, four, three, it's okay to say no. So do you find yourself having to well, I mean, it, do, do you say no a lot to people in your industry? Um I Especially do. If we approach you. You know, I've got this land. Like I've got yeah. this land, and and you're like, it just yeah. How does it work? That's an obvious no. I do that yeah. a lot. But however, you know, when it comes to potential deals, um, and I feel that's something that a lot of my students struggle with because they start to see the money they potentially make, and they yeah. start looking for. I'm telling them, look, it's an 85% chance it's going to get planning. No, I if it was 85% chance, I'd probably go for it. It's 50-50% chance it's going to get planning. I'm not willing to invest in this site. I think it is going to be very hard to get planning. And I think the best option for you is, you know, signing in, it, into an option and selling that on and making your money that way. Because I don't think it's going to get planning. I think it's a bad investment. That is probably the hardest no, because they're like, but it could make this much money. And I yeah. said, yeah, it could make money it could however it is a high possibility that it won't and it will lose this money so you've got a way up that that is the only times i say no is that you know potential investment deals or i'm like look it's just it's too risky and each each planning application is a calculated risk a lot goes into that decision you know I have a full team of planning consultants and architects as well as a load of consultants on that specializes in different things and you know a lot of work goes into it and if I I get a gut feel honestly I remember you know my first boss saying to me go to this site and tell me if you've got a gut feel if it's going to work or not I was like I don't know like what's he on about but now that I've done the years of experience I've got a gut feel if it's going to work or not you take all of the information you review it and you go oh my gut just tells me no that this ain't going to go through you know um and that's the only time I say no well, I'm afraid I'm going to have to say no to any more conversations. We've run out of time, I'm afraid. Um, it's so a no from me. It is a no from me. Ella, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, That's okay. I've really enjoyed it. It was lovely. Lovely Tuesday afternoon chat. Brilliant. Um, and it'll be a Monday morning when people are listening to it. So, oh, so don't get confused. Don't <laughs> get confused. Um, yeah, thank you. If people want to reach out to you, what's the best way of them getting in touch? 
Um, so on Facebook, I am Ella Hardy, um, LinkedIn, Ella Hardy, and um, Instagram, Land Profits. Brilliant. Thank you very much. It's a goodbye That's from okay. me. Thank it's you. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. <laughs>